My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Retro Ray. I'm Zach. And I'm Josh. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars. So, gentlemen, it's been a little while. I know Josh especially. What have you been up to, Josh? Uh, lots of work. My schedule's been changing, but, I mean, the the Galaxy has been doing well. So, uh, lots of new fun things happening to Galaxy's Edge. Um, yeah, yeah. We were talking earlier about the new lightsabers that were announced. You were talking about how the new, uh, I think, the Stella, is it the Stellan Geos lightsaber? Yes, it's the CrossGuard one that's apparently coming i'm very excited to see it and i wonder if it's going to be the the new updated one with the uh thinner sabers the more screen accurate since i want to see something from the comics and the books be placed in um out there get it physically i'm pretty excited for that also right now we have all the stuff that would have been sold at the halcyon so technically anyone can get it right now which is pretty cool 119 dollars is that mm-hmm. correct oh, yes okay. hey Josh. so have you read the high the high republic comics uh depends on which one but yes I think I have like a whole stack of them over here, but yes, I got that one with uh, <laughs> Dexter Jetster and uh, his bounty missions. Yeah, so issue number one for volume three, I guess, starts tomorrow, mm-hmm. but we're supposed to start reading the graphic novels one and two. Is it pretty good, the ones you have read? Yeah, the ones I've read. I mean, the just the design of it is really cool, and I think that probably has some of the coolest saber designs out of any of the things that we've seen so far. From them looking like cutlasses and fencing swords, they're like really, really cool designs. I think one day we'll be able to have those in Galaxy's Edge if we're going to start with this cross guard saber. So I'm pretty, pretty excited. That's awesome. Sweet, nice. There's a lot of gold in those sabers. <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe we'll see more of that in Acolyte. Fingers crossed. <laughs> So before we get any further, we do want to thank our awesome Patreon supporters out there. On the purple tier, we have Hayden Hauser, Darth Ace One, Liam McCallion, Texas Vader 76, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Dev McCaffrey, Drew Peters, and some guy named Zach Netzel. Um, on the red tier, we have Fenrir 526, Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka Talatala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker. Thank you so much, of course, to everyone out there that supports the podcast, that uh, jumps on Patreon, likes our stuff there, and interacts with us there daily. I, we, I had a pretty cool interaction today uh, on the messaging uh, platform on Patreon with one of our uh, patrons. So hopefully we can get uh, a couple of our stories done here pretty soon. But on to the main topics here. So the big story I think that broke today was in regards to the actor strike. Primarily... The deal that involves the studios wanting to use AI and taking the scans of actors using their likeness and perpetuity after they're paid a set fee and that's it. So even if they pass away, the studios still want to use their likenesses. (laughs) For me personally, there's a moral quandary in there. It's kind of weird. It's kind of morbid. It feels kind of unfair because you scan an actor. I mean, it's them. It's, it's their face, it's their likeness. So you would think that you would maybe be able to get some type of royalties. I don't know how you guys feel on the subject because it, it's, it's kind of a gray area too because you have to look at it as a corporation, I think, and then you have to also look at it as the individual actor. 
I've worked in corporations before. I know kind of how they operate and how they act. This doesn't surprise me at all. But today was the day where I think they came to the table with SAG-AFTRA, with the president, Fran Drescher, and all the, I guess, the upper management of SAG-AFTRA, and said, this is what we're proposing, that we use the scans of actors, just pay a set fee up front, and that's it, and not pay the actors going forward. And we've known, I think, for a few months now, this was basically a, a soft deadline. If they didn't come to an agreement now... An agreement is not going to be reached until next year. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So I'm not a member of SAG. I'm not an actor. I don't have a huge stake in this. But I know that other people on the podcast that aren't here, I know, have very strong opinions about this. I know Ray has a very strong opinion. um, And she'll talk about it on Thursday, of course. But I want to get your opinion, starting with Josh. Uh, what do you think about all this? you think it's fair? Uh, if you're going into the fact of being able to, quote unquote, revive someone into an acting role, I believe, in like just in my opinion, I think it's a really cool idea. I feel like people, it just needs to have the footwork in case uh, so that it doesn't get an, uh, abused as a system. I know there's a lot of people, especially like, well, Bruce Willis now is a really good example of he's completely nonverbal now like he can't even communicate anymore and it would be amazing to be uh to be able to see him still be able to put on performances with ai but only given in the fact of i want to do this if they want to do this that's great i think it just needs that catching net that even if i pass away you're not going to abuse this like let's say i i say something in the future and you you change my lines and i'm not going to get paid as much um, I think a big one right now has been like residuals and people right. actually getting paid what they're worth. Netflix deals, streaming show deals, and they're not getting paid what they deserve. And I think this should be a very big thing because it's like you're, you're only going to get residuals from it because you're not physically going to be there. I think it's a cool time in history where we're going to actually be able to take on these actors and keep them towards like 100 years from now. We still have them. I think that we really just need that safety net so that it doesn't go overboard. I remember back in the 90s, there was a Super Bowl commercial, I think. It was like a big deal when they got um, the actor. Guys, help me out. Uh, He was um, singing in the rain. Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly. Yep, that's him. So they made a big deal about him being in a new commercial, and they they raised that, that interesting kind of question of, should we be taking actors that have long passed and using their likenesses? Of course, at that time they paid his estate and that's the big thing. If we do use the scans of actors that have passed away, you would think that their estate should be compensated they, fairly. Yeah. yeah compensated yeah. fairly. Thanks Josh. I mean that, that I remember that when I was a little kid, that was a big deal. And now we've, we've kind of gone through it a little bit, not with the AI part of it, but with the passed away actors, especially with, Rogue One with Grand Moff Tarkin when there was there was CGI there there were artists that rendered Peter Cushing's face onto I believe uh, Guy Henry's face and Guy Henry did uh, a voice impersonation of Grand Moff Tarkin they didn't have respeecher then another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass which I'm kind of interested to see how that uh, would be comparable now. But Star Wars hasn't really gone there yet. Uh, It's going to get there. But Zach, what are your thoughts on the whole matter? I'm kind of I'm kind of a mixed bag on this one, because I mean, as a fan, like seeing these characters that we know and love kind of never die, essentially, that's that's incredible. But like if you think about, you know, the estates that uh, remain after actors have passed, you know, I think it's I think out of respect for these uh, you know, families and friends of the people who are around after the passing of these actors, if they don't want these people to show up in projects, I can understand that and say how, or see how they should get a say in it. Or like what Josh was saying, they'd be compensated fairly if, you know, if Disney pushed really hard, let's say, you know, God forbid Mark Hamill passed away in the next couple of years and they wanted to bring in Luke Skywalker for this Filoni film and, you know, Luke, uh, or Mark Hamill's family was all for him doing that or something like that. It's kind of, I guess, kind of from a moral aspect, I see that to be a little bit more all right. But it's, you, you got to ride the ride the line with it a little bit and just make sure you don't overstay your welcome at the same time with having these characters around forever and ever and ever and ever. Because eventually, you know, things don't have meaning or weight to them if if it never ends, I guess my prime example with that is like Iron Man and the Avengers movies. It, you know, if you bring him back, his it, like even if it's an alternate reality version of Robert Downey Jr. or whatever, like it just takes away from the weight of the story we have so far. And you can only do that so much with certain characters. And as much as I love seeing Luke Skywalker, if you just keep bringing him back and back and back again, it's. I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion on that. Ray, what are your thoughts? I pretty much stand with the actors. Perfect example. There's a couple things. One, like uh, we saw Flash, they bought back Helen. Well, Helen Slater's still alive. And they bought back Christopher Reeves and they paired him up together. You know, and then they also bought back George Reeves in there as well. Now, did George Reeves' estate have any hand in it? I'm pretty sure they probably didn't. So I think they should, that should be something that's a case-by-case basis. Each should say, so let's say someone doesn't have, they don't have family and they have a house or a mansion. It goes to whatever state they live in and they can do whatever they want to do with it. 
it's kind of that same preference for up and coming actors. If that's what they're wanting to do to the up and coming actors, I think that's unfair because they're paying them one flat rate and they want to be able to use them wherever they want as fill-ins in other movies or vice versa. I think they should get paid equally for what they're doing and not be used in that aspect. Now, mind you, perfect example, like Zach said, you know, let's say Mark Hamill passes away, but let's say the family says, Hey, we want him. We want his legacy to live on. So we're going to okay this. We're going to let you use him for another couple of scenes in a movie or something or flashback. That's different. You know what I mean? If they have that written in the clause that, okay, they're going to get a percentage of this or whatever. Okay. Then that's between the studios and the estate or the family. But when the actors are alive, I don't think they have, they should do that. I mean, the actors have a right to say, okay, no, you don't want to do this. Maybe for, before Zach and Josh's time. Did y'all ever see Running Man? Yes. I have not. Okay. There's, well, basically Running Man is they frame him by using technically in that movie is AI to reconstruct Schwarzenegger's face saying he killed a crowd and they put him in prison and that's why he's in there. Hmm. Pretty much we're getting to that point now where that's how good AI is getting, where they can actually put your face on David's face and say it was you doing something that you didn't do. Sure. It's kind of scary. We're going into that Skynet area right now (laughs) yeah and even they can manipulate footage that's existing like i know for carrie fisher they use like deleted scenes and kind of manipulated dialogue a little bit but for luke skywalker coming back in mando season two i believe they took existing frames that existed of mark hamill's face and kind of used those to their advantage to create as realistic of a luke skywalker from that time frame as they could i feel like they'd need to specify hey you can use existing footage of me to do what you want with it, or you have to ask me to use a exactly. frame or, it, you know, it's, it's got to get specific and you got to get down to the nitty gritty with it. I mean, that's, that's my stance. That's how I feel. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those we're we're in a, a new world right now and a scary part. That's the truth right there. It's getting scary right now. Yeah. When I was younger, when I was trying to start my working career, I guess I kind of had a choice. I could either pursue like the Hollywood thing and, I kind of wanted to be like a CGI artist or I could pursue the safer technology route and work in information technologies, which is what I pursued because I had a wife and kids. So I, I wanted to take that route. And early on, I was taught that AI is going to render 80 to 90 percent of the jobs we have now make them extinct. So it really didn't shock me that this is happening. And it almost feels like it's eventual that this is mm. all going to happen. And AI has so increased in its power and its complexity, and it's almost indistinguishable because you'll look at certain videos and stuff, and you can kind of, there's still like an uncanny valley aspect to it where you can tell that it's AI or something like it. Uh, that's it, it's, it's a little off, but I, it feels like this decade we're going to hit the point where it's going to be indistinguishable from reality. And people are already doing that thing where they have, I've seen a lot of stuff with other podcasters, like really huge podcasters. They use their voice, but you can still kind of tell that it's AI. I think we're there. Unfortunately, this this actor strike, it's going to affect Star Wars and all the other franchises we love. They're, they're just going to, everything is just going to be pushed back that much more. And like I said earlier, the deal, they're not going to come back to the table until probably next year to, to talk things out because I think there was some type of TV deadline or something. But I think that's that's the word out there that it's it's not going to happen this year. If today 
went by without a deal being done, it's not going to be till next year, unfortunately. So, hmm. well, the, the ones that are going to get the ones that are going to be hurting are the theaters, because now with all these movies getting pushed back, why are we going to want to go to the theater? Yeah, especially for this month. I think this month's main one was going to be Dune Part 2. I think theaters are hurting a lot right now just because that movie is so pushed back. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So the next uh, big topic I want to talk about here is the Hulu purchase. I don't know, uh, Josh, you heard about that. But Hulu, at one point in time, I believe it was cut into three pieces of ownership. I believe it was Disney someone else and comcast universal and then i think disney purchased a portion of it oh it was fox because they did the fox deal and they bought fox 20th century fox for about 76 billion dollars or so so then disney became a 66 percent owner of the hulu streaming service and now there's only 33.3 percent left that they don't own so apparently disney is trying to purchase that from Comcast Universal. And of course, we all know Universal, they essentially have their own streaming service in Peacock, which they can put all their content on already. But Hulu was a nice little hub, I think, for people that cut the cord from cable because you can watch stuff from ABC, NBC, live shows, live TV. Um, And I think they have something like a YouTube TV type of service where you can watch live TV to, to kind of take the place of cable. But now... If Disney owns the entirety of Hulu, my question is, what does that mean for us Star Wars fans? Is it going to change anything? Apparently, it looks like Marvel have changed a little bit before this purchase. They're doing more R-rated content, which is mature content, which is, I think, was on the horizon because they're, they're going to have a Deadpool movie. And I think they're going to Blade just got announced that yeah. it was going to be ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I was just on Prime earlier, and if you look at like HBO Max and Prime, you can scroll down and it will come up with other streaming services. Hulu and Disney are the only two that are not included in that other like free trial streaming services. But like if you go into HBO Max, like Peacock is right there as well. Like it'll be like, hey, do you want to start a free trial of this? Shutter is there. It's all these different pieces. And I'm like, I don't I wonder when we'll get to the point where the all of those will fuse into one. And then you'll have the Disney one. There'll only be two different sides of the hmm. like streaming services. Some people uh, are predicting that Hulu and Disney Plus will fuse into one yeah, big streaming for sure. service. So, because I know it was such a pain when I would have to log into Disney Plus and type in my code to get like all like the the Netflix Marvel stuff to be included. I want to see the entire catalog of stuff I have access to. Yeah. And then again, I, I don't have children in my house anymore. All my kids are adults now, so that didn't matter, and they don't care about that stuff anyway. So it was it was kind of a pain. I think I uh, was able to adjust it, but what what are your guys' opinions? Is this going to affect Star Wars in any way? Is, is there something that people aren't really talking about? Uh, uh, creative ways, I'm very interested. However, it's one of those things where I'm going, hey, we are... It's I'm looking at it by the financial side of things um i know if we end up completely buying out the other shares for hulu that'll put other stuff on the back burner because we always have a budget for our films and our movies and we've been pushing that for like the last three or four years it's streaming services movies that kind of thing so 
Hulu opening the door for maybe smaller projects. I know that Hulu does or has Marvel projects that aren't necessarily MCU, but they're able to do their own kind of thing with it. Could be interesting. Could be. I really do. I'm uh, all for them doing more kind of Star Wars projects that they don't necessarily have to fit into canon. I really do like Visions. But I think that if you're talking like, hey, we can push things that we wouldn't be able to push on Disney+, Plus. That's a very, very interesting area, and I would love to see what they do with it. Zach, what do you think? I think uh, it could create an opportunity for more eyes to get on Star Wars kind of as a whole. I believe uh, the first three episodes of Andor were on ABC. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was uh, released uh, probably about a year or so ago now, maybe maybe a little less. That was Um, last year, I believe. Yeah, and um, just knowing how Disney's tied into that um, network, and I know a lot of shows from that network go to Hulu, and I mean, maybe they could double dip and have a couple of Star Wars shows that are supposed to be Disney Plus exclusives end up on Hulu. Maybe if they merge, that won't matter. Um, that's just kind of where my brain went, because we talked about this on Patreon a little bit, but we uh, we could see that Echo coming out for Marvel. It's going to be on Hulu and Disney Plus. And all the episodes are dropping at once. I don't know if that's I'm just trying to get it on more eyes or if that's just part of their merger, potential merger deal with Hulu. The writing's on the wall with that just a little bit, in my opinion. I, I, it could be more of a strategy just to get more eyes on it in general. But that that assumes that people still hang on if there's a price increase or there will be a price increase. And It's, it's interesting to see what we'll, we'll go into. And I think we're going to eventually hit a point where people start being priced out. And I feel like a lot of people now don't just have one streaming service. They have multiple streaming services. However, if you start bumping up the price of every streaming service, I feel like people will pick and choose. And I think now is a great time to start these mergers where it becomes maybe one, two or three different streaming uh, sites instead of we have like 10 or 12 right now. I know that it's a big thing where people... Well, they'll drop TV shows and they won't have them on Netflix and they're they're selling around their different shows to different streaming networks. And I'd like it all to be just either on one or two and lessen the fact and keep as much of a, a library of viewing as possible. Hmm. Yeah, I think Sony is doing a really good play right now, being kind of the mercenary out there and licensing their content to Disney Plus and Max and just not having a streaming service might be the best move yeah. that any studio can make and it's it's serving them well because I, I just saw an ad for far from home coming to disney plus and it's like really yeah. it's like that's a that's a super old film now but <laughs> i mean new, sony's making money off of it the new spider-verse movies on netflix too mm-hmm. so they got they got their feet in a couple different pools and yeah. it might work out for them yeah i've i've been really impressed with sony lately they've been making some very shrewd moves so, Ray, what do you think about the whole thing here? When I had cable back in the day, that's one thing that we used to talk about between me and my wife is that, yeah, you have these hundred and something channels and you really don't watch all hundred and whatever channels they had at the time. You know, like us, we would just watch sci-fi uh, at that time when my grandkids came over, Nickelodeon, Disney Plus, uh, not Disney Plus. It was, I think it was Disney Plus. Anyway, uh, Disney you know, we didn't watch all the other channels, Discovery Channel. You know, those are the things that we watch. We didn't watch unless there was something. You didn't watch the RV channel, Ray? No, they didn't watch the <laughs> RV channel. But like I told my wife, I was like, well, we'd be cool if we can just say, okay, we just want these five networks to watch, and that's it. 
And then later on down the line, that's when the streaming services came out, which was kind of where we're at right now. You've got Peacock, which has WW on there as well. And I know there's a uh, yeah wrestling or live sports. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. live sports. Well, then now HBO is doing the same thing too. So now with HBO, you can watch TNT basketball if you don't have mm-hmm. cable. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like that they're I, – I don't know if they're all testing the market because like right now because we live in Texas, you know, we can't – unless you have cable, you can't watch the Spurs game because they're playing on Bally Fox or something like that. Well, you can uh, watch it on the Bally's app, which is what well, yeah. I have. It's like $20 which, a month. Yes, but see, it's another app and another – you know what I mean? And it's just for that. So it's kind of that got to watch Wemby, right? Yeah. Well, hey, hey, after – was it November twelfth? We can go watch it at the new big screen oh, yeah. parties and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Victory Capital Performance Center. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the streaming service, like, don't get me wrong, the great. It's just at the time, and I talked to a buddy of mine before, where I told him it's going to be a battle because that's how cable was. You know, when you had HBO, you had stuff that came straight through there or whatever was in theaters. It was HBO and Showtime at the time. So it was a battle between the two. Okay, who's going to get which movie and who's going to show it on Showtime or is it going to be on HBO? Josh, this is way before when you guys were younger. Um, that's what, that's all we had to watch was HBO and Showtime, maybe Cinemax if we were lucky. <laughs> uh, but now there's so much you have at, at your disposal. I feel you like know? paid programming in general allowed for quality of shows to go up. Because I would say, like, Sopranos and The Wire were just yeah. amazing shows, but they had the budget due to the fact that you would pay for it. Exactly. Nowadays, it's yeah. kind of interesting with, you know, everything's a brand deal. And I feel like we've gone towards more of a focus of, well, if you're going to pay for this, we just got to put out as much content as possible, not necessarily making as much like quality as possible. Yeah. So, hmm. um, it's it's kind of like we're trying to appease everyone so that and I feel like the goal isn't based on a show, this is the money that we get in. It's more like everyone needs to come to the streaming search service and purchase it so that they can watch all these different shows. We all have all these different shows. So I mean, towards the future, very, very interested in seeing where we're going with this because it sucks that it's not based on ratings anymore. It's based on how many sales you can get for a streaming service. Well, so even back then, back then they had DVR. They wouldn't count the DVR recordings and watchings before for ratings on shows, which to me I thought was always dumb because that's the only way I got to watch shows because of my the, sh- the shift I worked, like Smallville, Supernatural. Mm-hmm. I had to record record all those. If not, I would have to wait till the DVD comes out mm-hmm. to actually go back and watch them. You know, so they, I think they should have counted that stuff in the ratings but they never did and it and even right now and i, I know we'll probably all y'all do the same thing like right now i just started binge watching bones again because i stopped watching it like in season i think six so i went back and i'm starting to watch it again because i missed i used to love that show but just because of the time frame and recordings i didn't get to watch all of it so i'm going back and binge watching that show but it has its goods and bads. Yeah, I totally foresee once this purchase goes down, Hulu's going to merge with Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a whole section of Hulu content, which is probably more mature. 
And I like the fact, I think you brought it up, Josh, that the MCU is doing that whole out of canon shows and movies and stuff. That's what I've been preaching about with Star Wars, <laughs> do out of canon stuff. Hopefully they, they, they take the cue from Marvel and do that. And maybe you can put some kind of Star Wars spotlight, like almost like fan films even, because I think some of these fan films are going to get indistinguishable at some point to what Lucasfilm provides. So hopefully they do little projects. And of course you brought up Visions. Visions is, is fantastic. Hopefully they go that route and they give more of these creative filmmakers that have new ideas on, on where to take Star Wars and because, I mean, me, we had, like, Marvel Runaways. We had the MODOK show, yeah. which was really fun. Um, I think Cloak we even had and Dagger. Like, yeah, Cloak and Dagger, Legion, mm-hmm. all those ones. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. But I foresee once they merge, there's going to be a grace period, pretty much. And then once that period is up, maybe Netflix goes up more in price. That's when the streaming channel is going to go up a little bit more. And it might price a lot of people out, which is going to be unfortunate. But I think that's what we're headed towards, unfortunately. The next thing I really want to talk about here is SpaceCon. Every year now, in my backyard in San Antonio, Texas, there is a big convention with major celebrities descending upon my, my area of the country in South Texas. And it's, it's always fantastic. It, it really mirrors, I think, San Antonio. Everyone says San Antonio is kind of like the little big city, you know, where uh, San Antonio is, I believe, like the seventh largest city in the country. But it, it's got a very small town feel to it. And I think this con really resembles it. But, of course, this convention has brought in celebrities like Ben Affleck, Jason Momoa, um, Ray Fisher. I know those are all DC actors, but... After that, I believe. Help me out, Ray. Who is who is at the next con after that? Um, I think we're getting the voice of Darth Maul. Are we? No, no, no I'm talking about after. So th- this particular convention started about four or five years ago. Oh, okay. And then it's gotten bigger and bigger. I know the first year they had all those DC actors, and then the oh, next yeah, they year, had, they, yeah, Netflix and I think it. it was at the JW Marriott. It went from a hotel, and then I think yeah. it went to. Went to another location, but eventually kind of turned into superhero car show and Comic-Con. And, and it includes a car show because there's a whole building with cars from other franchises like Ghostbusters and Batman cool. and whatever have you. It's just grown and grown and grown. And they've partnered with Ace, who um, the owner of that con has a great relationship with Disney and Marvel and they were getting a bunch of huge celebrities during the MCU's heyday. And now they partnered up with superhero comic con car show. And now there's going to be a separate, there's going to be two conventions a year. Now there's still going to be the traditional one in the summertime. That's going to be four days at the end of June. And then there's going to be something called space con, which was just introduced this past week, I believe. And there on the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the date there, October 25th through the 27th. It's going to be about a year from now, 2024. And of course, the name of the con is Space Con. So you figure there's going to be a big Star Wars presence. So there's not been any announcements, official announcements yet. But we've had the showrunner on the podcast before. And we have a pretty good relationship with them. Uh, last year, um, or actually not last year, last summer, uh, we were at uh, that same convention 
And of course, Ray and I worked with Count Density Geekcast. They had a booth. And the founder, Ted, moderated the panels for Katie Sackhoff and Ming-Na Wen. It went off great. It, it was fantastic. I love the fact that it th- this convention kind of represents our part of the country, which is very, very underrepresented, I think. And, but all these big celebrities show up, and it's, it's great. For this to be SpaceCon, of course, you're going to have other franchises, Doctor Who, Star Trek probably as well, and probably celebrities from, from those particular franchises. But... I just want to say right now that Star Wars Stuff Podcast is going to be there. We're going to be there in force. We'll probably have several of our hosts there. If you can, clear your calendar for October 25th through the 27th. Make your way down to San Antonio, Texas, and check it out. You'll, you'll have a great time. There's a lot of different perks. Um, it's it's gonna The weather's going to be fantastic. I know a lot of people don't like the heat. I don't like the heat, but uh, October, it, it's, it's going to be... The, the weather, the, the condition should be awesome. And I, I was actually pulling for like a winter convention. And I think someone on Facebook said, well, the weather in Texas is so unpredictable. Yes, it is, but it's not going to be roasting you <laughs> like like it is going to be in the summertime. So the later in the year, the better. And to me, this is this is right up our alley. Josh, are you going to make it? If I could, I would. I got to go all the way to New Zealand first. Oh, man. <laughs> Sister's wedding, but yes, I would love to be there if I could. So, guys, if you do want to go to this show, I would say start saving now, because when tickets go on sale for the autographs, you can buy them online, and they once they sell out, they sell out. You can't buy in person; you can only buy online. So, I recommend start saving now, so once they go on sale, you don't miss out, because even if you come to the event. And it's sold out. That's it. There's no tickets being sold at the the tables like at other conventions. So just save your money now to make sure you don't miss out. Yeah, I actually uh, spoke with Bob um, a couple of days ago, and I told him that I've been I've been promoting SpaceCon ever since they officially announced it. And I said, yeah, I I already knew that that we're probably going to get a nice array of of big time Star Wars actors, celebrities, uh, people that are involved with Star Wars. I think it's going to be fantastic. I I just love the fact that it's going to be concentrated on space. And I figure with Bob's track record, it's going to be pretty epic. So they did release an update on Facebook. Uh, I'll read it right here. Um, So this was posted yesterday. It says in seven more days, the intergalactic fun begins. SpaceCon San Antonio badges go on sale on November 13th. It's a stellar 20% discount, uh, and this is a sale. Uh, two days later, on November 15th, we will announce our first two headliner guests. Uh, their photo ops and autographs will go on sale on November 17th, kind of what Ray said there. Uh, 11 more celebrity guests will then be announced between November 22nd and December 1st. Artist and vendor space applications will be available on Space Con San Antonio website starting November 13th, and there will be more to come. And that was the update provided to us by Bob Wills, who we'll probably have on the podcast in January because they'll have a whole lot more to talk about. But I'm super excited for it. Um, like I said, you're going to see a lot of us there, Retro Ray and myself, for sure, because we live very close by. But we're thinking Colin's going to fly down. <laughs> James is probably going to fly down. And Zach says he'll be there. So you'll get to meet Zach for the first time. You bet. And I'll get to meet him for the first time in person. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, as you can tell, I'm super hyped for it. Check it out if you can. Almost like a mini celebration, too. I just want to say that as well. 
I mean, you're going to see a lot of happy Star Wars people, I think. So, so the next thing I want to talk about, speaking of cons, so Colin and Star went to their local con, uh, Grand Rapids Comic Con, and they actually got to meet uh, a Star Wars celebrity in uh, Amy Allen, who played uh, Ayla Sakura in episode three, as well as episode two. And of course, you saw her sequence in, in the Order 66 sequence uh, on Felucia. Colin had nothing but great things to say about her. Um, they talked to her for uh, a good while, he said. And Amy Allen actually followed Star on her Instagram because uh, Star does uh, one of the few, I think one of the few Ayla Sakura cosplays uh, out there that uh, she kind of like really does uh, on the regular. And uh, she had a great interaction with her. And Amy said that she's uh, down to come on the podcast um, on StreamYard here once the actor strike ends. So... I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And the thing I actually didn't know about her is that she was a PA at Lucasfilm. And she wasn't an actor. They just kind of, George actually pulled her in and said, hey, look, you want to do this part? She basically <laughs> said yes. And she got to be a Jedi. She does a lot of conventions now. And she'll go to many different cons. I think she did a couple here in Texas recently. And... She was up at Grand Rapids uh, Comic Con. She spoke with Colin Starr. And yeah, we definitely want to talk to her about her experience uh, coming in the future. But uh, Josh, um, is is there going to be any anything? Is there anything up con related that with Star Wars actors and in, in your in neck Florida of the woods right here now? Pretty soon? Yeah. No, I think our next our next con is based off of uh, Power Rangers. That's the next one that we have. Uh, ah, we don't have a really big one for just yet, so still waiting. The big convention in in the Orlando area is MegaCon, right? MegaCon, MegaCon yeah. is the one that you're probably going to see a lot of your favorite Star Wars actors at. Yeah. The last time we had like Hayden Christensen. Yeah, that's yeah, they, right. They have everything from horror to supernatural, Doctor Who, yeah, everything. That's cool. And super busy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to her about... Uh, I, I, and she does have a few interesting stories. Colin shared a, a couple of things with me, but I, I definitely want to save it for the podcast when she comes on, when the actor's strike is, is lifted. So That's um, fair. Yeah, yeah, totally is. The next thing I want to talk about is, is kind of a little off the cuff here, but we spoke about it on Patreon, and it was it was very coincidental because... Ray and Zach were like, oh my gosh, we were just talking about this in our personal lives. So I, I had a dream about outside of the Star Wars movies and the shows and stuff. Because I asked a question to Zach and Ray. I said, have you ever had Star Wars dreams? And of course, yeah, they, they have. But what were you doing in them? And my Star Wars dream that I recently had was I was, as, I was at an airport with Katie Sackhoff. And I was talking to her, like, when you wait to get on the plane, she was sitting next to me, and we were having a conversation. And I asked her about, like, her upcoming work, what roles is she, is she trying to do or pursuing or what she'd been casted in. And she told me she got casted in a DC film for some reason. And she couldn't tell me who she was playing or what the film was. 
and then the dream kind of morphed into us being at like a comic con and i think maybe it was because of the whole space con thing and that whole announcement that we had that experience at superhero comic con where we got to kind of go behind the curtain and talk to katie sackoff i know james had a really cool experience with her when we went behind the curtain we, we kind of spoke to her right before she got on the panel stage James, I don't know how it got to this point, but James and Katie started talking about the best taco places <laughs> in L.A. And then Katie just started talking to James. And then we all left. And then before I knew it, James said he looked around. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm the only one back here with Katie Sackoff talking about taco places in L.A. But that was the dream I had. It, feel, it feels like my my reality is, is kind of merging into what I dream. And I asked Ray and Zach and they talked about it on Patreon, but Josh, I'm wondering about you specifically, what kind of star Wars dreams have you had? <laughs> specifically, that you can um, talk about on this family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always think of just, if it's like a dream, I would say I get a lot of like, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Bounty Hunter ones. I mean... For me, I've always wanted them to to announce a bounty hunter show, and I think I, I've had multiple dreams of who I would have as like people coming in and and being like, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna do this bounty hunter show." And then I think the next dream, the main one I've had, is literally having anything to do with Batu, a show um, or a movie that has something to do on Batu has been nice. my number one since i'm always there but yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course yeah i i've had the I, I think everyone probably here has had that experience when when i was younger and i worked at mcdonald's i would work like a eight hour shift of doing one thing for eight hours and i come home and then i'm trying to get away from it and then i dream my job like making a burger and it's like i can't get away from it i don't know if you've I had that experience, but I've I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Yeah, I don't know about it being at McDonald's, but yeah, for <laughs> for Galaxy's Edge, that works. That's fine. That's <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So Zach and Ray, I know you talked about it on Patreon, but uh, let our uh, general listeners know about your your experiences, Zach. So, uh, like I talked about a little bit on Patreon, I I have dreams where I'm like submersed in the Star Wars world. Um, I I've had uh roommates tell me uh after we've woken up uh from sharing a room like hey you were talking about saving the republic in the morning when you're gonna wake up <laughs> and you know Let's it's go. like i, I kind of pictured i've had dreams where i pictured umbara trying to you know but there were battle droids in the umbara scene in my dream and uh i was with the 501st slicing down battle droids and um, I've had dreams where I've been chased down by General Grievous and I wake up like kind of freaked out because player cards, right? I mean, Grievous can be a pretty freaky character if if it's if it's done a certain way. And but yeah, mine are mine are definitely more just because I have such a passion for wanting to be submerged in that world. And it's kind of an escape mechanism for me a little bit. And in my real life, if you know, I'm just I don't know, sitting in the car or 
dozing off at work and getting distracted for a couple of minutes, it kind of goes into what if all oh, I would do this, I would have this type of starfighter. Oh, I would want this colored lightsaber. And that's just kind of my dreams kind of reflect that a little bit. And you said you, you said you also have sensations of like being able to jump with the force. Yeah. 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 So there's, um, there's definitely been times where I've done crazy force maneuvers, like specifically force jumps. And it kind of makes me twitch and wakes me up a little bit. I don't know why it's, that's the way it is, but yeah, yes. Force abilities um, are definitely incorporated and specific ones will wake me up. (laughs) The ones that wake me up is when I'm wearing roller skates or roller blades for some reason. And I'm in bed and and I, and I'm about to fall and I just like shake violently in bed. Yeah. And my wife is like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just, had a dream where I was falling. I just ate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. The Ray. Now mine just—it's kind of weird. It's—I think it's because we see this so much played out in other movies. Um, the whole Luke Skywalker on Hoth, where he's reaching for the lightsaber, and then of course we see it again in you know Mall Rats, where you see Silent Bob trying to take the cigarette from his hand. Um, and then of course, recently we saw it, you know, in Ahsoka where we see Sabine practicing to try to move the coffee cup and stuff like that. So my dream is always trying to reach for the lightsaber to, to bring it towards me. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what mine always is. Um, I, I just, well, we talked about it, of course, on, on the Patreon, but what you were saying, it's kind of reaching out for stuff that. I want to get to or whatever, but yeah, it's kind of weird. It's always that one I always have dreams about. It's yeah, occurring. As a kid, it's occurring. Yeah, as a kid, when you're watching TV and the remote's on the other couch or chair or whatever, <laughs> you always try and reach out to grab it, see if it actually works. Yeah. Which exactly. which brings up which brings up one of my favorite memories with me and my dad. Um when I was little, he talked to me, and this is a real thing, guys. This isn't like made up, but he told me the story. And Josh might know this story living in Florida because it's in Florida about the Coral Castle. You heard of it, Josh? I don't uh, keep keep continue and I, I'll say yes or no. So and there was an unsolved mysteries on this story as well. So it's a story about uh, like where we find him, where, where, where the telling of this guy's life starts when he's middle aged. He's almost like a hitchhiker. He's picked up. He's dropped off in Florida this this person, I, I I hope I'm getting the story right, but the way I remember it is this guy just ends up in Florida. He's dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And in, in that spot in Florida, the ground is made out of coral. So it's like hard rock. And he's left there. And then people check up on him. And he has moved pieces and cut pieces of coral without any machinery. And so the theory is he was doing this with his mind. So it's essentially a guy that discovered the force and could use the force. And people couldn't figure out how he was moving all this heavy rock, kind of like the pyramids. And he built essentially this castle-type structure out there in a city in Florida, and it's called the Coral Castle, and you can visit it today. And it was just a single guy. And people, when people would check up on him, they would see, like, like very rudimentary like tools that he was using. And he said, yep, I'm using this. And they're like, no, yeah, it's impossible to use that stuff to move all these like tons of, of rocks. And that's the story that always stuck with me. 
and uh, you can visit it today. He built a rock. It's weird. He built a rocking chair out of solid coral that somehow it's like cut to like a precision of like a like a machine cutting it, and it it just constantly rocks. It's perfectly mm-hmm. balanced. It just never stops rocking. Wow. So yeah, look it up. It's out there. It's on Google. <laughs> I've I've talked about it before on on other stuff, but. Um, yeah, that's that's just one of the stories my dad would talk to me about. And I was thinking, oh, well, maybe you hear the whole like, oh, you, uh, we only use as humans like 20 percent of our brain or whatever. If you unlock the rest of it, you can do crazy stuff. But could be an alien, too. He could have been an alien. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. Yeah, yeah. So did people not see him do any of this himself? Like no one would stay and watch for a couple hours to try to watch him move like. I guess per the story, I don't know. I might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the much, unsolved but... mysteries episode did talk about people saying, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave and like try and like yeah, like take a take a look at what he was doing." And yeah. no one said that they could see it with their own eyes that he was moving stuff with his mind. But huh. I mean, there's no there, there's no current technology at the time. I think he did this in the seventies. Okay, seventies or early eighties. And they asked him, too, why he was doing this. And the only thing he would say, would, which which no one could make sense of, he said he built it for a sweet 16. Hmm. And it's like, was he talking about like his daughter, his uh, his girlfriend when he was younger? I don't, we, we, we don't know. But yeah. the castle still exists today. If you just simply Google it, you can you can find it. But that kind of makes me think of uh, like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, do the other trees laugh at it? Or I don't know, like just kind of <laughs> <laughs> just if you step yeah. away, and that's cool to think about, though. Yeah, if we can actually unlock that power, that would be yeah, be really cool. So for sure, for sure, yeah, and. Announced this week is uh, another. I think we talked about. We didn't talk about this hilt at the beginning of the show, but the Kanan Jarrus lightsaber hilt is going to be uh, for sale at Galaxy's Edge. Here's a picture of it. If you're watching us on video, that looks um, sweet. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Josh works there, um, and I think you reported that there, it's not quite on sale yet, right? It, they're doing the preview thing. From what I know, I haven't been in just like yeah. I, it's from. I was only there back like a week ago and that was for my anniversary so it, they have the display up right now in california don't know when it's going to come out hopefully it'll be faster than uh cal Kestis's lightsaber but i think that they're going to limit how many they make this time because they made so many of the cal Kestis ones they were practically half price by the end of it so Ooh. i think that they're going to limit how many they're making this round um and then It'll be interesting to see any of the other lightsabers that come from this because this is their their second fan edition of lightsabers. So after this one's released, we'll get our third fan edition. So it'd be interesting to see what they pop out with. The yeah, what I've heard is saber. And what I've heard is you can actually take it apart like Kanan does in Rebels and and have the two pieces separate from each other. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's pretty much all I had, guys. Was there any like Star Wars stuff that you guys wanted to uh, bring up, mention? Oh, just that um, if you guys are into comics, don't forget tomorrow, High Republic issue number one 
drops. Um, so don't forget to pick that up at your local comic shops, which is we will pick up ours from Dragon's Lair here in San Antonio. Yep, that's them. Um, so yeah, if you're in the San Antonio area, check out Dragon's Lair Comics and Fantasy uh, at Alamo Ranch in particular um because they are they're they're the comic book shop that's uh, supplying us with our comics when we do reviews on uh comic books here so definitely support your local comic book shop uh either way if you can't make it out here to san antonio um support comic books i know it's um one of those medias that uh forms a media that kind of goes up and down uh, as far as like popularity and and i remember one of my favorite comic book shops it was in uh, new braunfels texas that when I was a little kid, I would always go to. And that was the first place I actually heard about them making, starting to make an X-Men film for the very first time. And they had like a black and white card. I still remember it of all the actors. And I was like, Hugh Jack. I was like, who is Hugh Jackman? He's going to play Wolverine. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. It's like, who is this dude? So yeah, it, it uh, needless to say that he's, played the character longer than any Hollywood actors played any character at this point. So yeah, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Especially so. since the actor strike looks like it's going to take a little bit longer. If you need some stuff to read, that's where you want to go guys. Yeah, definitely. And there's a ton of different runs that are canon. I guess you could say until they aren't, if there's a live action uh, contradiction, Yeah, but um, yeah, Dr. Afra droids, so Obi-Wan, so we got I don't Afro. know why we haven't had anything with her in live action. That is the most perfect character. Hey, just give it time. We got. I think, it, Dark I think it's coming in the Vader series, Josh, when they announce that. Goodness, <laughs> please. So then we also got the regular Star Wars issue. So there's plenty to read, guys. If you want to read Star Wars, go and pick some stuff up, man. There's plenty. Of, they got Mandalorian. So sky's the limit, guys. Yeah. Tons on the way too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, I just want to say thank uh, to uh, Dragon's Lair, of course. Uh, you saw their image on the screen. They're supplying us with comics. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. Uh, I want to kind of reiterate that during Ahsoka, I think we had like record numbers of, of listens and views on uh, video, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. So, Thank you to everyone out there. And of course, all of our awesome Patreon support. Can't say thank you enough. And for Josh, Zach, Retro Ray, my name is David. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>